0: Anybody having a good time today? Come on, I think you're having a little more fun than that. How many of y'all are having a good time today? Y'all good? Man, I'm so excited to be here with you today. Thanks so much for coming out on this brisk and cold day. How many of y'all know it's a little chilly outside? But the fire of the Holy Ghost is a lot better than how cold it is outside. Come on, somebody, and uh, I'm having a great, great time. Here we are in this series, those who have turned their world upside down. I believe I'm in I'm in the right place at the right time with the right people, that we're gonna turn this, this world upside down. Or maybe not upside down, maybe we should turn it right side up, come on. I believe that's what God has asked us to do and, and he's gonna continue to ask us to do. We've been enjoying this series so much, All through the book of Acts, we've been taking a walk through here and uh, learning about the power, purpose, and progression of the Holy Spirit uh, through the book of Acts. And um, I don't know if you know this or not, but the church, church was birthed in the ministering, worshiping power of the Holy Spirit. I believe that with all my heart. As a matter of fact, this church was birthed in the ministering, worshiping power of the Holy Spirit. And we believe that with all of our being. And I believe if we believe that, we should have faith and action to back that up. Is my right place? Come on. And I believe that with all my heart. And today, I'm gonna be jumping in in just a few moments to um, Acts chapter six. And I got um, a a word for you this morning. And uh, those, how many of y'all like order? Okay, if you like order, you're gonna like this word today. You know, But um, hey, before I get to that, I, I just need to take a couple minutes and share with you uh, something that, at, at, at face value, it's it's going to sound kind of sad because it's sad for us that are here on earth, but it's very joyful for somebody uh, specific. Uh, we've had a member of our church, Frank uh, Camarda. Um, he's been a member for 20 plus years. Uh, Frank served as a deacon in our church in so many ways. He uh, He took charge of, he was... Uh, in charge of, we, we get a whole bunch of uh, food uh, d- donated from various ways, and he distributes it out. And he took charge of that. He was on staff. He drove things to all of our, he made all of the, the Walmart and Sam's pickups and all those things. And, uh, and uh, he, he works so hard. But, but many people don't know is he, uh, he has a degree in theology from Duquesne. Uh, He was a very, very, uh, he was a great teacher of the Word of God. Matter of fact, sometimes I'd throw things to him and say, Frank, could you study this for me? And within a day, he'd bring me back volumes and volumes of verses in the Bible. And he would help in so many ways. Matter of fact, he helped put together a lot of messages that we did. Just totally worked behind the scenes. And he was a teacher as well. And uh, Frank went into the hospital in November. And there's been a group of us praying diligently for him. Uh, yesterday, Frank went home to be with the Lord. And what seems to be very sad for us is very happy for Frank. You see, when you're praying for somebody for healing like this, you know, it it, it may not feel it, but it's a win-win. If he would have, like yesterday, I prayed for him one last time and I said, you know, I I was believing God he'd sit up in the bed and, and look at me and say, let's get to work. I'm just being honest with you. Now, it didn't happen. But you know what? If that would have happened, that would have been a victory, right? But I believe that Frank is with Jesus right now, and I believe that's a victory. Amen. And what's sad for us is very joyful for him. Because I believe that we who have faith in Christ Jesus, we do not mourn as those with no hope. We mourn. A, we, yes, we mourn. But we mourn with a hope that we're going to see Frank again. And I'm kind of jealous that he's there before me. No, I'm, I'm being honest. I'm not, I, I believe God must still have more for me to do. That's what he has more for me to do. So I'm going to do it until God calls me home. Are you with me? But Frank, um, uh, he was a great man of God and uh, did so many things. And um, I want to dedicate today's message to him. For those of you that know me, whenever a longtime member of our church goes home to be with Jesus, I always talk about it in this fashion. I reserve that right. 25 plus years is a long time. And, uh, and our original members I do the same with all the time. And, uh, and I just want to dedicate because I'm going to be sharing with you about the diaconate and about those who lead in church today. And so I couldn't not mention him. And uh, for those of you that knew him and, and you're wondering, there will be a memorial service for him in March. We're going to do a memorial service and we're going to recognize his life and celebrate his life. And I'm going to give a big challenge to those, especially the young men out there. How many young men are out there? Okay, a couple of you a little nervous. I'm going to give a challenge. Where are the next level of young men that are going to rise up and be the leaders of Jesus' church? Amen? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege of being here today, God, that you would use this time. Lord God, grant me the grace to speak your word in such a way that brings revelation, brings life, and brings honor to you. God, I just pray for every person who can hear my voice right now. Lord God, that they would be able to hear you, understand the word of God, and be faithful doers of the word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for letting me share that here. Hey, um, I started off earlier. Here we're going to the um, Acts chapter 6. That's where we're launching from. They're going to spend, we're going to cover seven verses there, and then we're going to go to some verses in Timothy here, and we're going to be looking at, looking at some things. But I like order. How many of y'all? Y'all like order? Yeah. How many of you borderline control? <laughs> yeah, I see those hands. Okay. Yeah, I just like order. I like going to restaurants. That they don't have to remind the kitchen help to wash their hands. Like, come on, come on! How many of y'all like that? I want to. I want to know that somebody there like knows to wash their hands before they're making my dinner. Come on, somebody! Yeah, that, see, that's why we like. That's why so many people like Chick Fil A. Jesus Chicken. It's Jesus chicken. That's what we call it, Jesus chicken. I, I mean, any, any organization, you get a bunch of teenagers to use their manners, they're doing something miraculous. Come on. Yeah, but I don't do well with disorder. I, I like things in order. I, 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 get, I go somewhere, and when there's this chaos, I just think to myself, I could solve this. I mean, sometimes I'll be in the grocery store, and I see parents with kids, and I think, I could solve this. Anybody with me You think I can solve this, right? Come on. And, and so, so we're going to be talking about God is a God of order. And in Acts chapter 6, there was, a, there was a, a situation happening. Now, I believe that this is an example of the first deacons in the church. Now, we don't use that term a lot. We use the word team leaders. Everybody say team leaders. That's, what we, that's our like modern-day equivalent to what a, an office of a deacon is. But I believe in Acts 6 we see an example of order and structure. Because in the, in the New Testament church, they counted how many people were meeting Jesus. They were counting people that were getting baptized. They were, they were recognizing the work of God. They were collecting money and distributing it accordingly. See, many people, especially of the Holy Spirit background, think that, that any type of structure is evil. I'm here to tell you the Holy Spirit is, is, is a fire, but fire does really good when it's in my furnace, not in the middle of my living room. Fire does well in the fireplace, but it doesn't do well just raging wherever it goes. There should be a structure to it, and I believe that the Holy Spirit, is, he is he's one who brings structure and order to Jesus' church. So what is a structure that the Holy Spirit can work through? That is the question. Acts brings order here. So, so here we have the book of Acts. Chapter 2, the Holy Spirit shows up. Chapters 3 and 4, people are literally getting persecuted for their faith. Okay, chapter 5, they're receiving an offering and two people die. This is really cool. And in chapter 6, we see racial tension. Yeah, right there in Acts chapter 6, there's a racial problem that could have caused a huge problem in Jesus's church. Are you ready to dive in with me? Acts chapter 6 verse 1, but as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of of discontent. Imagine that, rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So the 12, the 12 apostles that is, they called a meeting of all the believers and they said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. Now, many people think that the ministers like, like me teaching the word of God is like, woo, like you're the man of God. You know, I, I always get the, the statement. Still, somebody said it the other day, I need a man of the cloth. And I get worried. I like, what do you need, Tarzan? I don't even know what that means. I mean, like, I just, like, I get, I, I, I know what they mean, but I get like, let, don't say that, you know. I just like, but they, they say, oh, that you're the holy one. But I believe that I'm in a room full of ministers right now. I'm going to show you that in a word. I'm going to show you that. Okay, so here we have right now what could have been a big division and a big problem in the church. That's right. Here is a seed where we could have seen the first first church split in the first division, but we didn't see it, so I want to learn from that. I mean, I want to learn from those who are doing it right, not just only talking about it here. See, the honeymoon of church life was over. How many of you realize when, when you come to church and this happens all the time, there's a honeymoon phase where it's just so wonderful. This is the one most wonderful place on the planet, pastor. I just love it here. I'm gonna, I, mean, I just want to worship here. I'm really good. And then somewhere along the land, there's a rumbling of discontent. <laughs> like, this ain't what I thought it was. <laughs> come on. It's a lot like marriage. Come on. Come on, am I right? and we and so the honeymoon is over. We we made it all the way to chapter 6 and it's over. Now it's like now what are we going to do? Because the Hebrew speaking widows, okay, so they they were the, they were Jews who from mainly from Judea speaking, you know, that's a Hebrew. That's why they're called Hebrew speaking. <laughs> that's deep. And um and then there's the Hellenist, the Greek speaking believers. Okay, and they were kind of like more engulfed in the culture. So the Greek speaking widows were saying that the those people that have adapted to the culture, they're they're compromisers. And the Greek speaking, we're looking at the Hebrew speaking, saying, they're like the holier than thou's are you tracking me? Okay, so so we 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 had this like division. It's like see, there was a racial problem. They're getting the food and we're not. And the widows never spoke up, but they were complaining. So other people decided, hey, it's not good enough for you to have an offense. Let me pick up a secondhand offense. <laughs> like, that solved any, anything. And so they're complaining and there's this rumbling here. And the, it's not that the apostles didn't want to serve food. It's just that they couldn't be split in their devotion. I want you to catch that. See, sometimes it's like, like, I'm not better than that. As a matter of fact, there was a couple of weeks ago, my wife and I, we, were, we, we came to church. It was, the, it was the day after Christmas, and we came to do children's ministry. And it was like, and yes, it was the word of God. We were responsible as ministers to preach the word of God. We took it serious. I expected a little more response, just a thought, you know. Okay, and it was serious. But I'm thinking to myself, that was like actually a lot more fun in a, in a, uh, than, than, than sometimes dealing with you. <laughs> um, I'm just like, not that I don't like dealing with you. I'm just telling, being honest with you, okay? Like, but like, I, I, I love setting up chairs. I love doing all that. I just can't be the one that does it all. Now over the years, it'll be 30 years as a pastor coming up this year. I have heard that I need to care more, listen more, pray more, show up more and serve more. But I I haven't had one person actually come to me and say, let me help you so you can go pray and do the word more. Now, I have had a lot of people, even in this room, that have offered to support. Let me know what you need. I'm in, in support. And I'm, I'm, I'm blessed because we have that type of church. You should give yourself all a big hand because of that. And I mean that with all my, with all my heart. I, that wasn't like, like, no, you should give yourself a big hand. Okay, I'm just being honest. But Satan loves unintentional wrongs. The devil loves division and discord and unintentional wrongs. This was an unintentional wrong. And the devil was seeking, I believe, to bring a discord and division in. And so so we, we, we need to understand that. But the way needs are met in the church is not with more programs, it's with people. See, people ask me all the time, what kind of church is this? I say, we are not a program church, we're a people church. People are our priority. That's what we do. That's how we do it. That's what we want to continue to do. So, so here we go. Um, let's go to uh, verse three and four. I don't think I read those yet. I'm having fun. So brothers, select seven men who are well-respected, full of the? And? We will give them this responsibility, then we apostles can spend our time in prayer, and teaching the? Okay, now listen. At Bridge City Church, we do not have votes, but we all have a voice. Votes divide people. Voices unite. See, we, we don't vote on things. And some people, they don't like that. Say, oh, I want to vote. We don't do that. But you do have a voice because a voice is more powerful than a vote because it's a relationship that we share. See, we saw it here. They didn't just take up a vote. They said, okay, God, how are we gonna solve this problem? So the answer was a team of people that would be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. They would be spiritually and practically uh, minded. So we need people that are spiritually and practical. We need competent people. No, I'm, I'm serious. Like, we need competent people. People who can have a competency to do what God has asked them to do. I am so thankful for the people up on stage and the people working in the back right now making this all happen. Because trust me, come on, you should thank for, because you don't want me doing like PowerPoint stuff. My wife, she's up here going, that's the truth. That is the truth. Okay, you do not want me doing that. Okay, and now could I figure it out? Yep, but that's not, that's not my lane. That's not my lane. You don't want me doing that. I'm so thankful for, the, for the, those up, up here doing what they're called to do. I'm so thankful for those bringing order in the back. I'm so thankful for those who bring order outside in the parking lot. So thankful that those who bring order in many ways. See, character matters inward qualities because it's who you are that really matters how a person how they think they act they behave it's who you are when nobody else is really around so what they did is they found they found these these men and they gave them a an authority and responsibility that their responsibility was limited and delegated you need to make sure that the widows are getting food Right, real quick, who are all the people that distribute food on the food distribution here at Murray's? Well, raise your hand real quick. Raise your hand. Wow, look at all the people that distribute food here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How, like That only happens when somebody's in charge and makes sure that the food's there. Right? It, I don't know if you know we, this. We, we do serve a God of miracles, but we don't just say, God, just let the food show up. I'm thankful that the people go get the food. You with me? I am. See, everything needs order. And so they have a responsibility that they they delegate this. That's what they do here. But the interesting thing here is this. In verse one, there's a word distribution of food. And in verse four, it talks about teaching the word. Both of those are the same word. Everybody are ministers. If you're serving food, if you're with the kids, if you're in the back on media and audio, if you're bringing order, if you're running a group here, listen, listen, you're part of the diaconate. It specifically refers. To spirit empowered service guided by faith ministry, are you tracking this? See, this brings order and structure to the church. Do you know what I've learned about order and structure of the church? Nobody really cares about it until there's a problem. It's like, like nobody knows how to get hold of the gas company until you don't have gas. Am I right? And then like when your electric goes off, you're like, now what? First thing you do, you look out and make sure all your neighbors don't have electricity too. <laughs> Somehow that brings some type of peace to you. I don't know how it does it, but it does. You think, wow, I'm not the only one. We did pay the bill, we're good. <laughs> but then you have to start figuring out who to call, right? No, but in, in nine times out of 10, you have no idea who to call. Am I right? Tell the truth and shame the devil. Yeah, but see, what we need to know is, we need to know before there's a problem, how are we going to solve this? How are we going to go about this? So verse 5 here, everyone liked this idea. That's how you know it was a move of God. Everyone liked the idea. I mean, I was like, oh, I mean, now come on, you know, you probably heard the verse, You know, wherever two or three of you are gathered in my name, I will be there. What God is saying, if I can get any two or three of you to agree on anything, I'll show up myself and see it. (laughs) Just a thought. (laughs) But like everybody liked the idea. And then they got seven people, the Greek origin, just a, a, a note there, because they were ministers here, they got them, they they, they said, okay, this is what you're going to do here. And then these seven men were presented to the apostles who prayed for them and laid hands on them and and set them into place. I think that's pretty cool. When we lay hands on people, it's just an outward sign that we believe for a spiritual impartation that these people are set apart for God. That's what we're saying. They're set apart for God. See, the apostles were not moved by public opinion. They were moved by God's counsel and his solution. What could have been a huge problem in the early church was averted. Come on. This is amazing to me. But look at the result here. In verse seven, so God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. This was a Holy Spirit work what the devil meant for division, distraction, discord, and every other D word you can think of, God turned around and created an order that we can have so needs can get met. Because at some point, at some time, in the church, you're gonna feel like my needs aren't getting met. What we do next matters most. We saw it here in in Acts chapter six. We experienced this in our own lives. Am I right? So we say, okay, what's the structure? How do we do this? How do we do this? Now, I wanna wanna say to you something that I I constantly do. There's preset conditions for a Holy Spirit-empowered people. Prayer, there's unity and fellowship and obedience to the word equals a sanctified common sense. I need a sanctified common sense, not just a natural common sense. I need a spiritual common sense that comes from these things. I, I, I mean this with all my heart. Listen, tonight we have what we call growth track. And this is the first time we're doing it in this, in this form, format. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, I get to minister tonight to, to those. We have over 100 people signed up to come tonight. I'm so excited because people wanna grow. The first thing I want to cover tonight is how to deal with unforgiveness. If you think there's a chance that before you die, you might experience any chance to, be, to walk in unforgiveness or that you might be offended in any way, then tonight's for you. Now, if you're confident you're never going to be offended and you're going to live the rest of your life not offending anybody else nor being offended, then please stay home and watch the game. Is that good? And I'm going to help you learn your identity and deal with strongholds and how to have a devotion because I want you to grow and I want us to grow. That's what I want. That's what I'm committed to here. That's our growth track here. Now, I'm going to move in to just talk a little bit about what a deacon is. What a deacon is. It's a servant. It is a minister. It's an attendant. It's a waiter. Now, it, at Bridge. City Church, our team leaders, I'm going to introduce them to you in just a little bit, are are deacons. All the names of the people around the walls where you are right now are our small group leaders, which they are deacons as well. You are a deacon, you serve in that role for however long you serve in that role. When you're done serving in that role, you're no longer in that role okay? I mean, th- this is how we do it. We're going we're gonna to recognize them. But they meet a certain criteria of competence that they can do it. And they meet a criteria that they can meet, help meet needs and help be an extension, in our case, of the pastors and elders of the church. So we do not have a one-man show. We have the Jesus show, which requires everybody to participate. Okay, so I want to I want to look at some of the character requirements found in the Bible here about in First Timothy chapter three. Now, before I talk about the team leaders, all the men and women listed, and all of our team leaders, I want to first of all say this should be a list for all of us. This shouldn't be a list of all oh, the leaders need to do this, but you don't have to. This should define. All of our lives. This is like Christianity 101. Okay, I want to make that clear. Because many times we're like, well, you're held, I know I'm held to a higher standard. There's going to be a day that I stand before God and give an account for your life. The Bible clearly writes that out. I handle that with the fear of God. I don't stand up here frivolously. It's the fear of God. There hasn't been a Sunday yet that I thought, ah, I got this. There's been many Sundays I'm like, God, I pray to God, you got this. Are you with me? So I want to look at some of these character qualifications here. In the same way, verse 8, deacons must be well respected and have integrity. They must not be heavy drinkers or dishonest with money. They must be committed to the mystery of the faith now revealed and must live with a clear conscience. First one is, is respected. They need to be respected, reverent. They have a good reputation outside of the church, just like they do inside. There's an integrity. They're not double-tongued. They tell the truth the first time. We do not believe in exaggeration. We believe in telling the truth and being amazed by that. Now, before I get to this next one, I just wanted to share a personal story. Before uh, I I became actually a deacon in the church serving in a team leader role before I was an elder and a pastor in the role I am. I had, I had a, a situation happen where I had, a, I had a very bad reputation at work. I'm not proud of it. It wasn't my highest moment. It was a very low light in my life. Matter of fact, I was working at the Mercy Hospital. Didn't handle a situation correctly at all. It wasn't unethical. It wasn't immoral. It was just stupid. Now, I want to make that clear. It was just I did, didn't handle it right. Not, you know, and it just was bad. As a matter of fact, it was so bad that um, I was supposed to get actually suspended for three days from work. So I went into the head nurse at that time. I ne- needed to make an appointment. I knew I was wrong. I just owned up to it. I said, I am completely wrong. I take full responsibility for whatever you, get, you tell me right now. And I would accept whatever you tell me, no questions asked. Matter of fact, she started laughing at me. She said, I'm supposed to suspend you. I says, I know, and it's okay. I'm all right. I did something wrong. My reputation is not, it's it's not right. I gotta make it right. She started laughing. She said, I've never heard anybody say what you just said. And she said, I was supposed to do this, but she goes, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna suspend you because you're taking full responsibility. And I says, I know I have to go back and I have to clear my name. And it's going to take time. It's not going to take just a day or a week. It's going to take time. To be honest, I, wanted to, I, wanted, I left there, and I thought it would be a lot easier if I went and got another job. I did. I thought, oh, I blew it. Let me just go get another job and hit reset. I did. Thank God I was in a discipleship relationship. And the person who was discipling me said, Rick, you can't do that. You got to go back and make it right. And I'm like, Really? But I knew he was right. And so I had to go back and I had to live with respect and integrity on a day-in, day-out basis and learn to live with that. And I am so thankful that I did not forsake that opportunity to develop a good reputation with integrity. It taught me so many lessons. I, I, I mean, so when I became a pastor, the pastor of the church called my head nurse this is what we do he called her and he said does he have a good reputation does he have integrity she brought up that incident that I didn't at one time but I learned how to go back and make it right see what the devil meant for discord disunity and help try to make me take a shortcut I had to go back and make it right before God See, a good reputation and a good name. Listen, every parent out there knows those verses in Proverbs. You're carrying my name. This is what this last name means. Where's my parents out there? If you've never done that, parents with young kids, I just gave you some help. I'm being honest. This is what we do we tell the truth the first time, we have integrity, we're not double tongued. Are you, is this making sense? So so we gotta have it, we we gotta do this. Now, not heavy drinkers, not too much wine. I know what you're thinking, how much is too much? (laughs) Now, I'm just gonna tell you, listen, I can't tell you, according to the word of God, the Bible, that you cannot ever drink wine or alcohol. I can't prove that in the Bible, can't. Now, if you have a problem with it, if you have an issue with it, you need to stay away from it. In Jesus' name. You need to run and run fast and far. Please. But our community standard is if you're free to have some, then you're free not to as well. Again, never said you can't. But we don't flaunt our liber- our, 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 like what's permissible thinking that it's profitable. The Apostle Paul said, all things are permissible but not all things are profitable. There's a tension that we live in. So we don't do that. So as a church, we never have activities that have alcohol. Why? Because alcohol has destroyed a lot of lives. And I don't want to be the person or thing that causes somebody else to stumble and fall. I just give up my, my, my like, hey, you're free to do this and, 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 like, and, and cause other people. I was at an event recently And there was a whole bunch of guys. There was a church event. And one person, unknowingly, he ordered alcohol. Nobody said anything. I said, okay, no problem. But he was sitting diagonal from somebody who's a recovering alcoholic. And three three people down, there was two. He didn't know it. But but like, so so I, I talked to him. I said, listen, you're free to do it. I just want to make sure that we have a community standard that we don't want other people to fall. And if you're free on a big occasion to have have a wine with your spaghetti, I'm not here to tell you you can't, but we need to care about the community that we're a part of. Good tension? Good tension. And I have people say, well, how much is too much? In some cases, two drinks you're going to get a DUI. I think that's too much. Yeah. Good tension? We good? Yeah. But I, mean, I think this should be something we're all like looking at here. Okay, here we go here. Um, not dishonest with money. Not greedy. Um, you handle your money right. We have Financial Peace University. We want to help you with your finances. Uh, all the team, all the group leaders, all our team leaders are tithers. That means they give 10% of their income. That's a faith. Sometimes you're not given yet. You, you, you give it rarely, then occasionally, then consistently, and then you, the faith grows because our faith is growing. Progress, am I right? Our faith grows to the point where we're given like 10% because that's what we do. We have a community standard that our leaders are all in, not only the tithe, but we believe in like giving to missions and extra offerings, Holding the mystery of faith, those to adhere to the proper doctrine out of sincere conviction, we're on the same page. Verse 10. Before they are appointed as deacons, let them be closely examined. If they pass the test, then let them serve. In the same way, their wives must be respected and must not slander others. They must exercise self-control and be faithful in everything they do. A deacon must be faithful to his wife and he must manage his children and household well. Let them be examined. This should be the cry of all of our lives. Let my life be examined. No, that should be all of our lives. Examine my heart. I, I pray regularly, God, examine my heart. I have other men in my life that examine my heart. Examine my life, examine my speech, examine my ways. Are you with me? That's what we do here. But in the same way they're wives. The Greek construction of this means two things. It can mean all women who are deacons. Romans 16, one, Phoebe was a deacon and she was worthy of honor. So we believe women fulfill this role. But it also could be read that the wife of a deacon or all women. Now, why did the Apostle Paul think that, that women needed some extra things to qualify? You're going to have to take that up with the Apostle Paul. I'm just delivering the message. Come on. But in the same way, wives who are, and women who are respected, not slanderers. Actually, that word means not devils. Not gossiping or backbiting. self control temperate, free from negative influences. Faithful, trustworthy. Aren't these the kind of people that you want to go to church with? not perfect people, but progressing towards what Jesus wants us to be, right? How many of y'all think this would be good standards for all of us? Am I right? All, everybody. Am I? And we're all growing. We're all becoming. Listen, I'm I'm way different than I used to be. I'm being changed constantly. I'm being refined in my soul and my spirit all the time. That's what I'm going to keep doing. But you manage your household well, money, children that are in order, showing respect, having kids who know their manners, having kids who are in order, not having kids dictate to the parents when they're going to go to church and what they're going to be involved in. Oh boy, this is a big one in today's day and age. I, 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 there's, that's why we're doing a whole, whole series in March to help parents and help marriages, um, help families. We're going to be doing a conference for, for parenting. We're going we're to help parents. Amen? amen. Come on. Amen? amen? But here it is, verse 12. Those who do well as deacons will be rewarded with respect from others, and you will have increased confidence in their faith in Christ Jesus. Doesn't that sound like a good thing? Increase faith in Christ Jesus. Isn't that good? Increase faith in Christ Jesus. That's that's a cool thing. Respect and honor. We want a culture where everybody's respected. So the question for you today is this. Are you on a team where you can experience family? See, when you serve on a team at Bridge City Church... You're a part of the family. You're a part of a Holy Spirit structure that means something to God, that means something to our world, which means something to all of us in the community. Are you there? I believe that with all my heart in all my mind. That's what I believe here. It's a culture of honor where not only I receive honor, but every person serving receives honor. Now this bothers some people in, that when we stand to clap for people, that bo- some people say I'm not doing that. Well, when Jesus didn't receive honor in the Book of Mark, he could only do a few miracles. So, if it mattered to Jesus, it matters to us. I want to have church and a culture that honors and loves and respects everybody, because I want everybody to be involved in <laughs> miracles. And if it means I cheer on people, I want to cheer people on. My goodness, we're getting beat up. How much in life? We don't need to come to church and get beat up again. we got to get built up and edified and corrected and reproved and work together at it. Are you with me? So today, we're, we're going to have an opportunity to recognize team leaders and do something what I believe is really holy. Really, really Holy. And my challenge to you today is are you a part of a team? Are you a part of a structure? Are you on a team? Next week, I'm gonna do everything in my power to get you to sign up for one of the groups along the wall here. I'm gonna do everything I can to get you into a group because we experience family in groups and teams. That's how we do it. And that's how you can get needs met, and you can help others get their needs met. Doesn't that sound like a great environment, a great culture? That's what we're doing here. And so that's what we become a part of. So Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person here today. Lord God, I thank you, Father. God, I just pray, Father, for those that are here today, Lord. And, and um, I just pray that today wasn't just a good teaching, but it's a revelation of your church, a revelation of your goodness, a revelation of how you function and operate, Lord. So, Lord God, let this next moment be a holy moment. Let it be a moment where you are honored, Lord God, and and, in your spirit does something supernatural in our church. God, thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you've never gone to Next Steps, I want to invite you to go to Next Steps. Um, It's our way of getting you to be an active and growing part of the church. That's what we want. Want something for you before we want something from you. So hey, at this time, if what I'm going to do is I'm going to introduce everybody up front, and then we're going to then we're going to applause. Can we can we hold that just that way everybody gets equal? Because you'll get worn out by the last person. They won't get any applause. Then you'll have to come tonight and learn about unforgiveness, and then we'll have to start over. Okay. Okay. Our um, campus admin, Heather Huffless, come on down, and she's going to stand right here and. And then we have the same last name, our usher coordinator, Mike Hutfliss. Could you come on down here and, and here? And then facilities, opening, closing, setting it up, cleaning up, painting, making sure it looks good. Jeff Van Atta, could you come on down here? Our connection point uh, coordinator who keeps us straight, helps people get signed up, Katie Fox. Our campus worship leader, Rachel there she is. I was like, you moved from here. Very good. Rachel's here. And Lauren, who's been sharing the responsibilities, is not here with us today. But we're recognizing Rachel in charge here. Our next steps coordinator, Pastor Eric. Our A-team coordinator, Heather, has a lot of different roles. And Heather's actually on staff here at the church. She, she is part of our staff and works diligently to keep me and Pastor Eric in order. Somebody say, bless her, Lord. And uh, our response team coordinator, Jared Keene. Our children's admin, where's Ashley? There she is. Ashley, come on down. Uh, Holly's not here today. I was going to recognize her. You can tell her that uh, I I did mention her. She served for over 10 years in this role. She's taken a little break, and I'm so so happy to have Ashley as a part of our team here. Um, Our missions coordinator, Marie Matarazzo. Community Connections also, Eric uh, Bimber, can, can we just take a moment and thank them for all their work? Can we just give them a big hand? Come on. Come on. Let's give them a big hand. Hey Amen. Come on. Let's give them a huge hand. Thank you, Father. And uh, and uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you to stay standing right now because this is a holy moment. This is just that. This is that kind of holy moment. Um now you're gonna see on the right hand side here, we we we're looking for a few good men and women. I mean this with all my heart right now. We have a we looked at this the other day, and we have a lot of we 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 need we need some people to fill these roles. We need some we need some coordinators to help Ashley in, in child check-in and oversee the what we call nursery, like the the the, the birth to three years, and then oversee different classrooms. We need that. We need a welcome team coordinator. Don't you like to be welcomed when you get to church? Uh, Don't you? Some of you. The introverts are saying, I hate that. I just don't want that anymore. I just like, we need a welcome team. And um, then hospitality that takes care of food. How many of y'all enjoy your coffee? How many of y'all know it it just doesn't appear? We're, we need somebody to do this. I'm, 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 listen, I'm, I'm presenting something to you right now. And then production, audio, and media. And we need some people to take, take responsibility for some of these. Maybe you're sitting here and there's something inside of you saying, you, you're, you're going, hey, I could do that. Hey, I, I want to step up. Count me in. Examine my life. And let me be counted worthy to be a part of the diaconate, the team leaders of this church. That's what I'm asking. Because there's some people here, they're doing a couple different roles. Now, I, I think, I, how many of y'all believe in God that we're going to fill all those spots? We need somebody over events. We need an event coordinator. Come on. So this is what we're going to do right now. I'm going to ask my wife, Natalie, and, and uh, John and, and Melanie, and uh, Mike and Colleen, if you guys could come up here. They're, just gonna, they're gonna pray over these people and we're gonna believe, God, that this is a holy moment. They did it in Acts 6. If it's good enough for Act 6, good enough for us. Amen? Y'all with me? Amen. So I believe this is a holy moment. I believe this is, how many of y'all believe it's a holy moment? Yes. So we're just gonna do something real simple. We're just gonna lay hands on them and we're gonna believe God for them and uh, for a great spiritual impartation. Church, <laughs> let's pray in Jesus' name. Come on. Heavenly Father, you need to stretch forward. where you are. Lord God. we thank you for each and every man and woman up here right now, Lord God. We affirm them in their gifting and calling. We affirm them, Lord God. Lord God, as part of your structure, Lord God. We affirm who they are, Lord God. We affirm their character. We affirm their calling. We affirm, Lord God, their competence, Lord God, that you would protect our chemistry, Lord God, in such a way that brings honor and glory to you, Father. So God, we pray, God, in this holy moment, Lord God, that you do something supernatural in every heart. Lord God, do something supernatural, Lord God, at Bridge City Church, Murrysville, in Jesus' name. God, that these men and women are set apart for you to bring order, Lord God, out of chaos, Lord God, and set things in such a way that you, God, get all the glory and all the honor and all the praise in the name of the mighty, mighty name of Jesus, Lord God. And I pray for a multiplication today. Lord God, a multiplication. God, we, we ask you for 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 more men and women to come around Ashley for our children's ministry. Lord God, we ask you for an events coordinator. Lord God, we ask you for a welcome team. We ask you for the hospitality and all those things, Lord God. God, we ask you, God, for all these men and women to rise up for the good, the glory, and the honor of your name, God. And we ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus amen let's give God a great big hand come on God, we thank you Lord God, we thank you Lord amen you can be seated and I want to thank you uh, for your time and energy here hey next week we're going to be we're gonna be uh, uh, we're going to be talking about relationships in the book of Acts and how important. And we're going to be recognizing all of our team leaders and those who do, uh, or excuse me, all of our connection group leaders and all of those who do small groups at our church and even our, our newly appointed uh, student ministry leaders as well. I, I believe what we're doing is spiritual. How many of y'all believe that? Hey, thanks so much for being so great. Pastor Eric, you can take it away.